Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. This week, the championship hunt moves to Winton. You know, we go to Winton and um, you know, hopefully we can have a good run there. What he says the best environment he's ever been in is at Jim Bean Racing. Yeah, it would be the most comfortable in a racing environment that I've been in a long time. And New Zealand becomes V8 Supercar Territory. We look at all that and more today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. V8 Supercars Australia has secured the future of the Hamilton 400 by taking over the management of rights for the event for the next seven years. Mayor of Hamilton, Bob Simcock, welcomed the new partnership as figures released in the post-event survey published in the Waikato Times showed that 75% of the local community wanted the race to remain in the city. Frosty Winterbottom is fighting on, although 300-plus points behind in the championship, he expects to rebound from a disappointing Queensland weekend. Winterbottom talked about the partnership he's forming now with Campbell Little. Well, we started really well, but the last two rounds have um, not been great for FPR um, or myself, so we, we're trying to find, find the direction and um, we're just... Yeah, just lost a little bit of speed. Championship contenders Jamie Wincup from Team Vodafone and Garth Tander from HRT are both expecting to debut new chassis at Darwin in mid-June. Also at Darwin, the control camshaft will be mandatory for all teams, whilst Gary Rogers Motorsport is working on a new chassis that they are hoping will be ready for Lethal E by Phillip Island. Paul Morris and Jack Persons both talked about the cost of running the Fujitsu Series after their podiums at Queensland Raceway, both saying that the prices being quoted to run a car in the development series are hugely overinflated. Well, I can tell you now... It's you don't not need... expensive to race one of these cars. <laughs> you don't need seven underground. I think those blokes are paying off expensive houses. Perkins will be back in the James Rosenberg Commodore at Winton. Owen Kelly is also returning to the Fujitsu Series with Kelly Racing. And Jack's Quit Fit Tyres are sponsoring Cameron McConville's Fujitsu entry. The Fujitsu entry is now standing at 27, with Garth Tander outspoken about the endurance driver rule raising the costs of doing business. It just means that we have to run them in the development series. There's no getting away from that, and that just drives the costs up, which we said was going to happen about four months ago. Those sentiments were also reiterated by Walkinshaw Performance's Craig Wilson, saying that they were supporting McConville's entry because of the number of other endurance drivers in the Fujitsu field. And the good news for the Fujitsu runners, all cars this weekend will be on the 2010 tyre. Jason Baguana will be starting his 150th event this weekend at Winton. The Bathurst winner is hoping to get his team onto the podium to mark the milestone. And his team owner, Rick Kelly, has talked about his weekend plans for the Kelly Racing Jack Daniels team 
at the Victorian Circuit. Still there's pace to, that we need to find to be in the, in the top one and two, there's no doubt about that, but I don't think that you need to finish there to win the championship. I think if we had the car to constantly finish third, that would be well within reach with the ups and downs that everyone's having. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders, but before the break, here's James Courtney in 1999 talking about his hopes of building a motor racing career. How do you find it? living away from Australia? Um, well, it's hard to get used to at first, but it's what I have to do for where I want to go, so it's just part of the job at first. And how many more years in carts before you make the next move? Um, probably one more year. And uh, then, what, to Formula Ford in Europe? Um, yeah, something like that, or maybe even Formula 3. It's just what deals come through and which is the best way, so we'll work that out later on. And what does he think now? You change when you, when you're, um, as you mature, um, you know, I was one track, Formula One back then. Um, I got, you know, within a shot, I could have had a race seat. I would have had to sell my soul. Um, I would have only been racing my teammate. And, um, you know, I'm not interested in racing around and coming, you know, maybe in the top ten. It's, um, for me, it's only about winning. So we, you know, made a decision at that point to, um, you know, to pack the Formula One dream in and, um, and look what else it was about. And I think with the way Formula One was going at the time with, uh, you know, all the rich kids rolling in with all the cash, it, uh, I think it destroyed Formula One and, and uh, it's only now maybe starting to recover. Um, but it made all the feeder categories a lot stronger, all the touring car categories, all the guys that, you know, had really good talent but not the, you know, the budgets. They had to go somewhere and, and um, I think it made the rest of the racing around the world a lot stronger. So it's, uh, it's probably worked out for the better. I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't go back and do it now. Um, it doesn't interest me one bit. Um, you know, I think this is a lot more, lot more fun. The racing is a lot better. The atmosphere at the at the races, you know, the interaction with the fans that we have, it's a much better ma- value for money sport. And um, you know, we have a lot bigger following here um, with you know percentage of of uh, people in Australia to, that watch V8 supercars. That uh, I think Formula One and worldwide, I think it's. Uh, it's definitely a lot better championship and, uh, yeah, wouldn't change anything. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from v8supercars.com.au, which of course is Big Pond Sports, it's Alan Edwards. How are you going, Alan? Oh, I'm going very well, Craig. How are you? I'm going great. With Winton on the horizon, none better than Peter Norton to tell us about the wintry conditions that he is so used to in Canberra. Good evening, Peter. Good evening, Craig. Yes, uh, Canberra is rather chilly this time of year, and it will be for a couple of months, so uh, good preparation for Winton. It is going to be an interesting time as we see the soft tyres once again being run all the way through this meeting. And I guess the question is, Alan, is this going to see the Victorians dominating like we had the situation up there in Queensland Raceway? Could quite possibly, because one of the things that the teams, uh, or the Queensland teams, were saying was that... um, 
it um, because they knew the the conditions of the circuit so well and the, the direction of the wind and all that sort of thing. It allowed them just to focus purely on the uh, on the soft tyres, and they could uh, make the necessary changes that they needed to make as the conditions changed. So, hopefully, that um, you know advantage will uh, come to the Victorian teams, and we should see some uh, spiced up action. Peter, it was interesting, wasn't it, that we saw Victorian teams, namely HRT and Garth Tander, going out on the hard tyres there in the first part of practice on Friday. Yes, so it was explained to me that they, they needed really to, to get the car set up with a, with a known base. Uh, from that baseline, uh, they could then put on the soft tyres and they could understand the changes that were going to come in the handling of the car as they tweaked different things. So they just needed that reference point, uh, so that's why they started off with the hard tyres. I understand that we won't have that same uh, reference setting process for Winton. People will be on the soft tyres for all sessions. Uh, so uh, the suggestion that going out on hard tyres at Queensland Raceway gave people an advantage because they had less laps to do on the soft tyres, uh, there won't be any of that talk at Winton. It will be, will be the same for everyone. I know the drivers I spoke to, Alan, said that they saw no positive game, and they were Queensland drivers, saw no positive by going on the higher tyres, even though the Victorians were saying they had to get that baseline first. Yeah, no, that's right, and, and um, to be honest, I tend to agree with them. I, I think that uh, if you're going to be racing on soft tyres, you're better off out there on soft tyres to uh, get as many laps on them as you can and collect as much data on the actual tyres you're going to be racing on, but... Uh, I'm certainly no uh, race car engineer, so you know there was a lot more wiser heads than me that were um, calling the shots. I guess the um, interesting thing was that uh, a few of the Victorian teams did get a handle on them. One team that was very, very quick was GRM, but uh, well, they had a share their fair share of problems. And uh, do you think they're going to be able to bounce back quickly and, uh, and get a good result on what is the Victorians' home circuit, Peter? Oh, I have no doubt that JRM are going to be very strong at Winton. Uh, as you've said, it's their, their home track. That's where they've got all of their data. They'll come to grips very quickly on those soft tyres and, and how the car should respond. Uh, we have to keep in mind that uh, GRM, uh, OK, that they've been a, a smaller team for a long time, uh, but not anymore. Uh, they're really becoming one of the powerhouses of the sport with their, their additional sponsorship and growing confidence and that, that momentum uh, I think will mean that they will uh, be a regular fixture in the, the top couple uh, throughout this year and the years to come. I guess, Alan, uh, one thing about GRM with the Fujitsu backing last uh, weekend, there seemed to be a real Fujitsu hoodoo on Queensland Raceway with uh, the uh, Stone Brothers Fujitsu car uh, driven by is it Scott McLaughlin. McCl- um, who uh, was just absolutely poleaxed off the start in race number two, the reverse grid race. Yeah, maybe something to do with um, with air conditioning sponsorship in uh, in Queensland, but uh, obviously that won't uh, come down to uh, to Victoria, where uh, it's obviously GRM's home track, and you know Lee Holdsworth is now one of the true guns of the uh, of the championship, and um, you know Michael Caruso has uh, surprised many with uh, with his pace and uh, application, and I mean he, he is someone that uh, Gary who is a renowned talent spotter, uh, saw real potential in, and now that uh, is, is coming to fruition. And, uh, you know, I don't think that that team will be down for too long. I think, you know, Lee stalling off the, um, the start in that second race 
um, he'll be out to prove uh, himself at uh, Winton at his test track and I think that they'll be a team to keep our eyes on. Because mm. Robbo, of course, uh, he had a tyre delaminate on him on the last lap of the first race on Saturday and uh, that saw him look drop 10 places in one lap. So it was a really uh, a nightmare round for both those drivers and Holsworth, who was, what, about fourth in the championship going into Queensland, came out lucky to still be in the top 10. Yeah, that's right. But that, that just goes to show how the uh, the championship can uh, can move around and, you know, we've still got a lot of rounds to go. So this thing, as I say, um, is a long way from over. It is indeed. Look, uh, another team that's been, uh, well, has had all the answers for the uh, first part of this year was Triple Eight. Now, Jamie Winkup, he picked the wrong his shock absorber and spring package for the soft tyres at Queensland and just going to show that even if you are a local team, you don't always get everything right. But uh, he was absolutely on it on Sunday, and it was just so unfortunate that the engine expired on him because he would have given James Courtney... Well, he was already given James Courtney a hard run, but uh, he was just absolutely at the top of his game once again. And uh, for a man that's got no fans, he certainly is uh, driving like he has stolen it. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, it's... But it also goes to show uh, just that nobody is infallible. Up until then, we in the media were, were guilty, I guess, of, of saying that this championship was already over. However, you know, the Queensland Raceway round, in terms of the championship, as much as uh, Jamie would be hating it, um, in terms of a championship, it, it's been the, the best thing for it. it it's proven that, uh, that Jamie can uh, get it wrong, as you say there, with the, the wrong um, shop choice. And also, uh, it proved that it proved that the triple eight cars are not exactly bulletproof. That occasionally, that uh, things can go wrong. So, you know, and and the way that the points gap in the championship is closed now, with um, with James Courtney only twenty four points behind, it's uh, it's game on. It is interesting, Peter, isn't it? Because. Although it was Triple Eight that didn't have as good a result as uh, what they would have liked, still had second place on Saturday, but um, it, it was a Triple Eight car that absolutely dominated the round. Yeah, I think the uh, the discussion about Jamie Wincup's battling uh, is probably a little bit overstated. Um, sure, his qualifying was very average compared to uh, his normal high standard, but what I think that he really deserves respect for is the way he bounces back from adversity. And we've seen that in, in other rounds where uh, you may have a bad round, but then he'll come out at the next round uh, with uh, two pole positions and two wins. And uh, I half expect that we may see something like that down at Winton. And what gives me confidence in that is that, yeah, he qualified 12th uh, on the Sunday race, but then he finished 4th. And then on Sunday, as you said, Craig, you know, he was leading when the engine let him down. It wasn't his driving ability or the car setup that let him down at that time. It was the engine uh, failure. So uh, let's not write him off quite yet. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I am going to get your tips for the V8 Supercars main game over there in Winton because uh, I'm sure we think uh, there is plenty of uh, drivers who can uh, take out the points. Don't we, Alan? Oh, definitely. Um, however, I'm actually going to go with uh, with James Courtney. I just think that uh, he's on a roll, and I think that he'll be out to prove uh, that it wasn't just a home track uh, advantage and uh, that he's a, a serious contender and that uh, he wants to take 
Jamie Wynn Cup on all the way to the end of his championship. Peter, what's your thoughts? Um, as I was just explaining, uh, my tip is with Jamie Wincup. Triple Eight over many years have shown that there is no disadvantage being a Queensland team when you rock up at Winton. Uh, they've won there on a, on a very regular basis. And, uh, yeah, Wincup will want to uh, rebuild his lead in the championship. Look out. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. David Siegel has asked me expressly not to pick any of his drivers because of what I did at Queensland Raceway to Will Davison. So, as he is now one of the many men, well, one of the ten men in the V8 Supercar Top 10 list, you can read all about it on V8X Magazine, I will defer from uh, Craig Lowndes or Will Davison, and I think Garth has got the bit between his teeth, and I'm thinking it'll be Garth from... Jamie Winkup and it'll keep this championship alive I'm sure guys we'll take a break here on the V8 Insiders and be back with plenty more in just a few moments you've taken the V8 to the races you watch the action on TV now read about them in V8X Magazine V8X Magazine dedicated to just one thing V8 Supercars Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders from Big Pond Sports V8 Supercar website. It's Alan Edwards, and we must say, Motorsport Legends is on sale now as well. Certainly is. The, uh, the next edition, which is um, issue, oh, sorry, volume number three, issue 10, will hit the shelves in the next couple of weeks with uh, Jack Brabham on the cover, so keep your eyes open for that one. All right, then. And, of course, Inside Motorsport keeps rolling along with Peter Norton, at the, uh, well, at the coalface each and every race weekend. Guys, um, it is interesting to see how the focus after Sydney was definitely on permanent road circuits in the V8 Supercar Championship, and uh, I guess it's one of those things that uh, we see that there isn't many new tracks being built. I think, what, Queensland Raceway and Hidden Valley are the two most recent permanent circuits, Alan? Uh, that's right. In fact, Queensland Raceway is about 10 years ago. So. And uh, we've definitely seen not much improvement for the punters at uh, that circuit. We've seen the demise this year of uh, Perth. We've seen the demise and resurrection in the past of Winton, of Simmons Plains. Where are Where is V8 Supercars going in this uh, permanent road course uh, era or lack thereof? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's sad in a way that we uh, we do have um, you know that, that we do have all these street races. Although having said that, I, I love the street races, but I would really like to see a, a good mix of both street races and uh, permanent circuits. And certainly hope that we don't uh, lose all our permanent circuits, particularly tracks like Winton. Um, I think Winton is a little bit different to Queensland Raceway in the fact that, uh, or in two areas really, and, and I think that they're, they're probably related, and that is that um, regardless of how little money Winton has, they always are making improvements for both um, the te- race teams and competitors, as we're looking for, and also, of course, the spectators. Um, and probably because of that, 
they've been very well supported by the spectators for a small track in a in a small uh, country region. They, the the crowds that they actually get are, are are actually quite good and and you know far better than what we get at uh, Queensland Raceway, which is only 45 minutes out of a major a major city. Peter, yes, I think uh, Winton is like the the little track that could. Um, all the things that Alan said, that over many, many years they continue to just chip away. And, okay, it might not add up to be a huge, flashy uh, facility like we see in Abu Dhabi. It'll never be like that. Uh, but they've got a, a good sort of can-do attitude. So uh, I think it's on the, uh, uh, on the schedule for, for many years to come. And you know, over the years, it has jumped in to be the, the rescue uh, of many a, a, a round that would no, normally be cancelled. Uh, so I think Winton uh, deserves a, a long-term role, even if it does have that reputation of racing around your clothesline. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it deserves a place. And keep in mind, if we did lose Winton, and, you know, assuming that Queensland Raceway becomes on the nose, the only real permanent track that the V8s actually would race on uh, would become Phillip Island. It's a bloody long way from the Gold Coast to uh, Phillip Island to go testing. Well, I, I guess you're forgetting about Simmons Plain, so you're talking mainland tracks there. Yep, yep. Alan, uh, what do you, you know, what do you think? There's not the money around to start building new tracks, and and you talk about Winton being able to put some money into the circuit, but uh, we've we've seen so many other tracks just decide to, well, that's what it is. It is what it is. Come, don't come. We don't seem to care that much. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's. Um, I think it's it's also been a case, or more a case of uh, V8 Supercar has V8 Supercars Australia has been a little bit ruthless with some of these tracks, and I think they've just got um, sick and tired, if you like, of, of dealing with um, with V8 Supercars and, and some of the standover tactics, which I certainly don't agree with. Um, I know I'll probably have. Um, telephone calls from people from Queensland ringing me after I've just said that but I, I think that um, you know one of the things that AFL does really well is that the top of the sport pumps money back into the bottom of the sport. We don't see that in V8 supercars. They would argue that that's not their job, that that's the job of cams but um, we just seem I, I think that uh, you know it probably is their job, V8 supercars is the top and whether it's cams that should be enforcing them to do it or whether you know they, they should be looking at it themselves. But I think for their, their own future, they need to be looking at the, the lower grades beyond just Fujitsu and uh, looking at uh, propping, not so much propping them up, but reinvesting in the, uh, in the lower end of the sport so that we've always got that, um, that, that pathway, if you like, for juniors to, to come through. Well, as you know, Peter, I've been a long proponent for the V6 supercar series, which uh, would, of course, be a, a feeder under the uh, Fujitsu series. Yes, that's right. And uh, I agree with many things that uh, Alan's just saying. And uh, it's sort of a little bit timely. Last week, there was the, the, the announcement from the government about the super profits tax for uh, the mining companies. And, and maybe we've got some, uh, uh, some of those principles at play here as well. You've got the the top, very uh, professional, quite profitable uh, organisation who, in many respects, you have to ask yourself whether they're giving back to the community uh, fully for the resources that they enjoy. 
Um, so the, the resources I'm thinking about is the, the army of volunteers and the you know the support categories that provide tomorrow's champions. Um, yeah, they, they really do uh, have a bit of a, a free rider principle going there. Uh, do V8 supercars pay their dues uh, for all of those things that support them? And uh, so I, I agree with Alan that uh, maybe they need to look at their moral responsibility uh, and uh, you know, help support some of the smaller tracks so they can grow to be bigger, more professional tracks rather than beating them up. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how the future of V8 supercars goes, particularly when we uh, look at what uh, Martin Whitaker's coming into the uh, CEO role now. And one thing that he has uh, certainly said is communication is one of his strong suits and communication is one of the things that he thinks is where the uh, future of V8 supercars lies. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's certainly very early days for uh, for Martin, as he will point out to you if you try to interview him at the moment. But um, I think that so far he's making, you know, everything he said has has made sense. So let's give the man time, and uh, and hopefully he can, um, you know, as they say, improve the show. Well, it's going to be interesting. Look, we uh, need to talk about the endurance drivers getting a second test at Winton. And, uh, of course, Garth Tander said at the uh, press conference when I asked him about having the endurance drivers testing only uh, two times this year in those dedicated tests, if uh, that's if he's happy with that. And he said, no, it's pushing up the cost as we said it would. And I know Alan uh, Breyer uh, at Big Pond Sports there was also uh, able to get more stuff from uh, Craig Wilson this week, to uh, last week, sorry, to say um, that, yep, it is definitely pushing up the cost. They're backing Cam McConville just to make sure their endurance drivers don't screw up their points championship. Well, that's right. And, and really, when you look at it, what Craig is saying is totally 100% right. And that is that the uh, if other teams, LR Triple Eight Racing with Steve Owen, are um, if their co-drivers are running in the um, in the Fujitsu series, um, then really, uh, you know, Walkinshaw and HRT have no choice but to make sure that their co-drivers are as well. Otherwise, they're they're going to be starting the endurance races behind the eight ball. And if we see these teams you know, start to invest heavily into the Fujitsu series, it is exactly going to drive the cost up. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, I really have become to uh, to dislike the rule. I, I, I didn't like the, the, it at the, um, when it was first announced, um, but I sort of thought that I would, uh, I would reserve my judgment and uh, see how things unfold. But um, I have to say at the moment, I'm still leaning towards not liking the, the rule of uh, not allowing these drivers to uh, to race together. Peter, your thoughts? Um, I take the uh, exact opposite view. I think the rule is very good. It uh, really does provide a career path for some of these Fujitsu drivers. Um, if, they're, if they're doing half okay in the Fujitsu series, they may get a look-in for Bathurst and Phillip Island. And if the wealthier teams uh, decide to write some checks to put in one of their drivers into the Fujitsu series... It's going to boost the numbers, raise the professionalism of that category. And, OK, it's not quite putting a main game driver into the Fujitsu series to you know, really give it the profile, but uh, you know, it puts professional, well-funded teams onto that grid, and I think that's the only way it's going to break through on TV ratings and, and fan support, because uh, without that, 
I think it's sort of fizzling along uh, rather quietly. You know, it, it should be the second best category of uh, motorsport in Australia. And at the moment, there's plenty of debates that it's, it's really not there. There's other categories that are more popular, bigger fields, bigger, better profile. Um, I think that, uh, that the endurance test, uh, endurance driver rules, uh, helping in the bigger picture. I, I like the endurance driver rules, I must say. So it's interesting, though, that we do have this situation where um, teams are saying it's jacking up the price, yet when you had a, a podium of Steve Owen who says, oh, I'm hoping that, that I'll have enough money to finish the season and uh, we've definitely got enough money to do Winton, Jack Perkins, who said, you know, he, he put the deal together on a shoestring and then uh, his current employer, uh, Paul Morris, saying that, uh, geez, it didn't cost that much to do it and obviously you can do it well even if you're not spending the uh, big money. And I think Jack Perkins went on to say when he hears the money that people are paying for Fujitsu Rise, he thinks some people are paying off their houses, Alan. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one way to look at it. But, I mean, just coming back to, to my original argument, I, I just think of the, the teams like um, Gary Rogers Motorsport, if you like, that um, probably spend, you know, uh, well, we probably all know that, that, I mean, they've got a decent budget, but it's probably not up there at the very, very top end. And you're forcing those guys to, um, if, if they want to keep up, you're basically forcing those guys to uh, to run a car or run some drivers in the in the Fujitsu series, so that Lee and uh, and Michael have half a chance when it comes to the endurance races. That, but you know, I, I certainly take on board what what you guys are saying, and, and particularly what Peter was saying about the um, making the Fujitsu series uh, more um, you know, more professional, and it will, will certainly do that. But um, I'm still not. Uh, not yet convinced that, uh, you know, you've got a category where everyone's like the top level or the main game, if you like, where everybody's screaming out saying, we need to spend less money, we need to spend less money. And then you've got the eight supercars passing rules where the teams are effectively forced, if they want to remain competitive in the endurance races, they're effectively forced to actually spend more money. Mm. Well, Gas and Go is up next after the break here on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders Gas and Go Times. Alan Edwards and Peter Norton. Gas and Go, five questions, three minutes here time starting from now. Winton, is that the next track on the V8 supercar hit list, Alan? Oh, I certainly hope not. As I said earlier in, in, this, um, in this particular show, um, you know, Winton always draws a crowd. The, the, the uh, promoters always try hard and, and try to add um, something uh, new every time we go there in, in the terms of upgrading facilities. So I, um, I certainly hope not. And, um, you know, if um, if it does, then I think that there'll be a few people that really need to take a good hard look at themselves at V8 Supercars Australia. Peter? 
Yes, I, th I think it would be on the hit list because it's really just the the next small track on the line. Where is the next great V8 supercar rivalry going to come from? We, we, we've had a few autonomons up towards the top of the series lately. Where are the big personalities going to be? Well, I certainly hope that it's, uh, it's you know, Jamie Wincup versus um, James Courtney, which is basically what we've got right at the moment. But hopefully, um, you know, James can keep, um, keep the challenge up to Jamie, and uh, I think that would be perfect because then we've, we've basically got, um, you know, Holden versus Ford, and we've got uh, two guys that are both very hard racers going for the championship. And, and I think the, um, the other good part about that is that both guys particularly James, are uh, not scared to uh, say it like they think it is in, in the media. Mm. Peter? I think we've uh, been enjoying the at least th three quarters of the, the great rivalry uh, for the last little while. And the, the three I have in mind is uh, Tanda, Winterbottom and Wincup. Uh, they're, they're pretty serious that they want to beat each other every, every uh, race meeting. And as Alan said, uh, Courtney finally getting some consistency and pace there. Uh, he makes the, the fourth to that great rivalry. It's a fascinating one, and I think it's going to battle on for many years. All right, then. Uh, now the drivers have got their soft tyres. Will they finally be happy, Peter? Well, I think in winter they're going to need the soft tyres because it's so bloody cold. Uh, but, uh, no, they won't be happy because people will complain about my tyres went off and that's why Van Gisbergen passed me at Queensland Raceway. They'll always have something to bitch about. Alan? Exactly. That, that would be my answer exactly. And it, it's, it's plain and simple. It's, it's the nature of the beast. Um, racing car drivers will always find something to complain about, full stop. Long weekends, are they the dead zone for V8 supercars? We saw it in May Day in Queensland. We've never been able to get a crowd out there on Queen's birthday, Al? Uh, yeah, I think that you know history shows us that, um, that long weekends are, are not the way to go, or um, for that matter, you know, Father's Day, Mother's Day, whatever. Um, I think, you know, the Queensland Raceway crowd, probably, there, there was probably quite a number of reasons why it was... Uh, could only be described as pitiful, um, and that's, uh, but one of them was certainly that uh, this weekend up, up in Queensland was a long weekend, and it's uh, basically, as I was speaking to a couple of um, Queenslanders up there that, that uh, didn't actually go to the track, uh, and they were saying the reason they didn't was because they went away, they headed to the beach, because uh, this is their last long weekend before the weather turns, basically. The weather turns in Queensland, I don't believe it. Is well, yeah, when, uh, I mean, as soon as it gets down to 18 degrees, they start looking for jumpers and complaining. So, uh, you know, weather turning for Queenslanders is a bit different for, uh, for us southerners. Peter? Um, I, I think you're spot on. The, the modern-day family and the demands that that places on people's time uh, means that long weekends are rather precious. And uh, whoever the motorsport fan is... Uh, really can't afford to uh, waste a long weekend. Otherwise, the, the spouse and kids will get pretty grumpy. Um, I think uh, a lesson has been learnt. All right. Now, what is the real value, Alan, of judging a Miss Supercar pageant? I think you'll, uh, you'll have to ask Pete about one. Um, apparently, uh, he was um, t given the offer and, and he decided to, uh, to take it up. And, uh, yeah, he uh, had a big smile on his dial from... Uh, for, well, for basically most of the weekend. Yeah, but big pond sports journos just don't get that sort of luxury, do you? 
Well, we were actually, one of us did. We were actually, Adrian, my offsider, actually ended up with the gig. We we were actually offered the um, the chance to do some judging, but unfortunately it came at a time for me where, where I was just flat out, so I had to uh, send Adrian. So that sort of shows you my dedication to... Uh, to the fans out there that like to uh, read the stories on uh, v8supercars.com.au. Well, Peter, I think it's two weeks later and you've still got that smile. Well, that, that's right. Um, you, you could say I've been doing research for years, so I've finally been able to uh, utilise that uh, you know, the research and experience uh, in, the, in the proper way uh, and use it in an official capacity. And uh, now we're, uh, whenever I get, my, get caught with my eyes wandering, I can say, look, it's a professional interest only. That's Gas and Go for another week, brought to you by V8X Magazine, where, of course, Baywatch is normally half-shot by Peter Norton. Guys, uh, it's uh, great to have you on the show, and uh, look forward to an exciting race this weekend at Wheaton. Thank you very much, Craig, for, uh, for having me on. Yeah, thanks, Craig. It's always fun. As the chicken flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, until next time round, keep smiling, and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.